Yo, what's up, y'all? Today, we got a cool episode with Devaris Brown of Maroxa. Really fascinating and impressive dude. And uh, I think uh, you guys will like this one. Former engineer, I guess still an engineer, still a software engineer, turned CEO. Uh, I learned a lot about how he manages his day, stays motivated, and we kind of commiserate about not being able to eat because you're too busy. So you guys like this one. All right, see ya. Take care. What's up, man? How's it going, Devaris? Pretty good, man. Tell me about yourself, kind of how you got started in like entrepreneurship, you know, background, how you can walk, all that stuff. I grew up uh, south side of Chicago. Uh, my grandmother and grandfather were uh, entrepreneurs themselves. My grandmother, she was an artisan. And so she uh, created clothes and jewelry and furniture and all that type of stuff. My grandfather, he was in the aluminum business. Um, and so I had a very, very early exposure to, to entrepreneurships, the up and downs of, of that. Um, but fortunately for me, uh, my mother, she was in the tech industry and I saw, you know, during the first dot com combo, uh, how, you know, interesting and crazy those things are. Uh, and I was just like, wow, I gotta, I gotta take a part of this some way, shape or form, uh, because people are just going crazy with, with ideas. And I mean, it was just very, very exciting. So for me, just being able to be exposed to, to just higher forms of entrepreneurship early, uh, was super, super helpful. So I, I knew at some point in time that I will always be, um, you know, doing this, doing this as a, as a founder uh, in some way, shape or form. But, um, yeah, my granddad, he was, uh, you know, one of those people that, that was always inspiring me to, to, he would always say, man, just go get a group, a couple of group of your friends. And, you know, y'all should start something and he had, you know, take your own destiny in your hand. So that, that was really the, the inspiration beyond, uh, behind my entrepreneurial journey. That's cool. Did you, did you have a chance to kind of like understand what drove your grandfather to be an entrepreneur? You know, it was, it was actually kind of, kind of crazy that he came up from Alabama uh, when he was 17. Cause that's when, when he, uh, our grandmother pregnant and he was like, I got to get a job. Yeah. First job that he had was, was uh, uh, sweeping floors at us steel. And he learned every single job that was on the, the, in the, in the foundry. Um, and so he was the first black foreman at us steel. Um, and he got up to a point where he was supposed to, you know, be, be vice president in 1981. They basically told him like, look, you know, we can't have a, a, a black person being over as, as an exec. And so he ended up, uh, leaving. And uh, he needed to get some brakes fixed on on the car. It was a Dodge Super B, and uh, he went to Montgomery Ward's. I don't know if you remember that store uh, way back in uh, to get his car fixed. And he saw some guys taking brake pads out, and, and uh, you know, like a big garbage can. And he asked them, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, we're recycling brake brake pads, and we're taking brake pads, melting them down to a specific uh, you know alloy and all of that." And then we resell it back to, you know, the car manufacturers and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, look, I've been in U.S. Steel all this time. I know about melting things better than anybody else. And um, so, yeah, he started his own 
secondary aluminum smelting uh, company and, you know, uh, like Ball and Rexum and Logan Aluminum and Reynolds Aluminum and like all these, you know, Bethlehem Steel and all those folks, they were uh, customers of his. And it was, you know, sometimes the grandparents tell you these like big fish stories or you like, oh yeah, this is, you know, whatever. But, you know, just beating some of his friends and colleagues over the years, right? Like, you know, they confirmed it. It was very, like, especially at this age, right? Like, when I when I actually heard the story as an adult, it was very, very inspiring. Yeah, that's crazy. And you have, like, the context now to yep. understand, like, all the little decisions, the meeting the right people, maybe. Actually, I'm curious, like, how, how did he, like, did he have to raise capital? Like, did he have to go to a bank? How was that process, especially in the 80s? Like, what? Yeah, he, uh, he, he got an SBA loan. Put up our 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 house's collateral, <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> that was his starter capital, and in nineteen eighty one was was uh, and took out a second mortgage on the house, and so that was the, the the genesis of you know his entrepreneurial endeavors. Wow! Did he ever talk about like what would what was your grandmother's opinion of that move? You know, I think I think. For her, she was just very, very excited about um, him being able to, to to have his own destiny in his hands, um, and I think like like just very, very supportive. Um, like the whole family at one point worked at at the, the the plant. I mean, I I got a picture. I was two years old, like me driving a forklift. You know, it's like like three years old actually, right? So so everybody. You know, at one point in time, it was like the family business. Every, you know, uncles, cousins, you know, friends of the family, everybody worked there at one point in time. So it was all sorts of crap. That's cool. And so um, I should have asked this earlier, but are these your mother's grandparents, like maternal grandparents? Okay. Yeah, maternal grandparents. Yeah. And so from that, basically, your mom actually sort of also was interested in entrepreneurship, was in the tech industry. Yeah. Um, was she, did she do that in Chicago or did she also move out to the West coast? Now everybody was in Chicago. Uh, and, and she, uh, well, clarification, I have two moms. So I was a modern family before, before it was a TV show. So, um, uh, so my mom's partner is the one that was in the tech industry and she wasn't necessarily involved in entrepreneurship. Gotcha. She, she studied criminology and she was a QA tester and uh led qa teams and um it was just so happened that she got a job at a uh, i mean they called it a startup but it's essentially like a, like a consultancy uh back then but they were building software for other other startups so one of them was uh visibility.com it was like a legal billing kind of thing the other one was uh mvp.com a sports memorabilia site um and so yeah i, I was very, very, very young, you know, interfacing with, you know, coming to work with her, uh, you know, and talking to founders and things like that, the people that she was working with to get their, their things out. I mean, they're 18, 19, 20 years old and I'm, you know, Wait. 14, 13, 14, 15. All right. And like being able to see that every day and just, just, you know, being able to see the ups and downs of that. It was just always cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So you got one of grandparents on one side then mom on the other that sort of showed you that this is possible to kind of be be 
in this game and have a lot of success at an early age your background like did you kind of grow up having like small things that you started did you have like the classic lemonade stand or are you like a good student like kind of scholar athlete or like you know what's your background yeah i mean i was, I was all the above man I, I was in band i uh i had an uncle that was in a punk band early like in the 80s and 90s and then then you know we were really into skating and bmx and stuff like that so i used to charge kids to like we built the half pipe in my backyard <laughs> i used to charge kids to like you know come and skate and stuff like that man so i've always been on the hustle side of things um and and for me it's just you know when i was the first kid with internet on the block because you know my mom needed it for a job right and so Man, I was the first kid that had internet, so I would charge kids to come over and use the internet. You know, I was burning CDs. You know, I had my own, you know, I was going on, you know, bulletin boards and downloading stuff and, you know, selling those things. I right? like, you know, yeah. those, man. And so yeah. I was, I was like always that dude. And then, uh, you know, my mom was, 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 you know, I played sports and, and all that type of stuff, but my mom was always like, you know, you always, you gotta, you gotta make sure that, that you have, you know, a few things going on at the same time. Cause you just never know what one of those things case you tip over. And so not learning how to DJ, cut hair. Like, so when I got to college, I was like, I had the academic knowledge, uh, and, and all of that. And then I had, you know, kind of the, the hustle too. So it was just, for me, it was just like a, a, a natural evolution. That's cool. Okay. W what do you think sort of made you interested in like all those things? I think for me, uh, all all of the the computer stuff, right, was was you know just seeing the the startup industry that is nascent back then, right, and so seeing kids that were not very much older than me having the ability to go do these things is like, yeah, I taught myself how to program after that, right, and like just poured myself into you know making video games and doing anything on the web. Then you know DJ and cutting hair, all that type of stuff. Like you know, I had friends. That and so, um, just, just being able to, 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 you know, just be in that circle and be exposed to those things. I think that was really the, the, the biggest thing for me. Right. Um, and, and, and helping, you know, doing those things. So I, I, I you know, for me, having the friends, having people around me that, that, that were also in, involved, you know, it's, it's really, really kind of like, you know, having a bunch of founders around you now that you can commiserate with. Right. And so, you know, that's something that's super important is, is the, like, that's one thing a lot of folks don't talk about. Like when you're building startups is, is that, especially as a founder, it's super long. So you really, really, really have to go find a community of people to commiserate with because you just don't, sometimes you feel that you're the only one dealing with this type of stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It's like, what, what about it feels lonely? You know, sometimes you have to make decisions or sometimes you, you know, you're not like, even though I come from an entrepreneurial family, there's levels to it, you know, and it's it's kind of like like the things that they've dealt with, they might not have the most exposure to. Yes, and so uh, uh, that was, you know, just one of the 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 tough things that that I had to to deal with. You know, I I, I would say like like during this journey, you know, you can talk to you know, I got a therapist, I got an uh, executive coach, you know, we got a board, right, like like that type of stuff. But sometimes you just need to yo, is this, are you going through this right now? Like, is, does this seem real? Yes. Totally. No, I know. I mean, hiring, firing, making investments in the business, 
burn rate, stuff like that. You sort of are like, like, it would be nice to have somebody to talk to, but everybody around the business has some set of incentives that are driving them that may kind of color the perspective, as do we, right, as founders. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um, Do you feel like you have a good network of founders? I mean, you're based in the Bay Area, so I'm sure you've met a lot of cool people doing the same thing, right? Yeah, definitely. And and I also, you know, uh, I'm in YPO, which is uh, a good founder group. And then um, you know, then I got, I got, uh, like a black founder group that I'm in as well, uh, with, you know, kind of up and coming black founders and things and we can talk about things, you know, from, from that lens and that perspective. Right. And so for me, it's just important to have a, a, a good amount of coverage. And then, you know, all of the, the companies, I mean, the BC fires, they also have communities, right. And so, you know, being able to talk with, with people that are like in the industry or the particular sub, subfield that, that, that I'm in, um, you know, that's something that's super important. Talk to us about your company, how you got started, how you sort of determined the need. Let's go there. So the company Maroxa started that because while my co-founder and I, we were at Heroku uh, and, and, you know, building the world's best platform as a services for web applications. And we just kept getting questions about the data ecosystem, right? Like, when is it going to be easy for us to just provision data components as easily as it is to to provision web applications? And we tried to do something internally, but you know, it just it just didn't work out. And so then we started our own thing, and and we really just kind of sat down and said, if we can build an end to end solution that allows people to ingest, uh, process or transform, and then kind of orchestrate data in real time, you know, what would it look like? Um, and, and really what we came up with was like, yo, we should really do this with code because look, there's, there's, you know, a 10th of the number of qualified data engineers out there than there are software engineers. So why not empower the software engineers? All right. And, and make that a, a easier thing. So yeah, that's our whole thing. Like, yeah, I didn't make it easy for people to move data with code and, you know, give them an easy on ramp to this real time universe that they're going to want to, want to participate in because the customers are asking this thing you know, for the, for this stuff now. Um, and they're asked for those types of experiences, right? Like when you go to Uber, do you want to wait 10 minutes to get drivers? Like, absolutely not. You want to know now where the drivers are. Same thing with DoorDash, same thing with Netflix, right? But you got to realize all these people have big data departments. Um, and they built some of the, the software that, 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 you know, most people leverage. And it's like, not everybody has that luxury. Um, and not everybody has the luxury to play Frankenstein with off the shelf components, right? Like kind of cobbling this stuff together. And so how do we just make it easy for people to do? And that, and that was really the genesis of, of what we do. What do you guys sell into? Do you guys try to sell into like individual, like data teams of like mid-sized companies or what's sort of the target? Our target really is enterprises. Um, because you know, we can, like I said, we can turn your entire software engineer organization into a data engineer or give them data engineer superpowers. And I think that's really the, the the biggest value proposition is that, look, you know, to get things up and going, it takes weeks and months and, you know, all this complexity and all that type of stuff. And it's like, you know, those weeks and months are costing time and dollar and attention. And so if we can, you know, lay, level the playing field, it, it'll be a bright future for us and <laughs> for, for our customers. So what are, I mean, you might be under uh, disclosure agreements, but what are some of your customers one of our largest customers today is the, the Department of Defense, right? And so we got Air Force, Space Force, 
uh, NASA as well, uh, you know, some of those folks out there. And we're just helping them, you know, track data in real time uh, with, with things all over the place. And and that's really the the biggest, you know, the, the, the best use case that we have. And so do you guys have to kind of put like an implementation team on the ground, like to kind of onboard some of these customers or it's all done through the cloud? Yeah, yeah, it's all done through the client. Like we try to be as self-service possible, right? Um, I mean, we do some white glove things, but but it's it's not as hands-on because we just want to make uh uh make it super easy for for people to get up and going, right? Like once we show you the pattern, then it's just easy to replicate. Is this the first sort of swing like by yourself in entrepreneurship? Well, you have a partner, but is this sort of your first company that you've incorporated and all that stuff? No, but it's the first time I've been the CEO though. And so like, like doing it as a chief product officer or a CEO, chief technical officer, right? Like, like, like that's different than being the CEO because the buck ultimately stops with you. Right. And, and that, that, that's a new level, man. That's why like when, when product managers say like, oh, I'm the CEO of a functional area. Uh, I'm like, yo, there, you, you know, you, most, most PMs that I know don't understand budgets, right? Like you don't have to deal with with managing people. That's really the biggest variable all the time. Like, yes, you can influence people, but but you don't you aren't really managing, right? And that that's a that's a different thing. And so, yeah, yeah man, this this is a whole new level. Um, and this is the, even though I've started companies that been a co founder before, this is something completely different. What's something that's surprised you about being CEO relative to your expectations? The thing that, that that surprised me is that the thing that you're probably the best at in the world, the reason why you became a CEO and can start a company and all that type of stuff, you're probably only going to be able to do that uh, uh, 10 to 20% of the time, at, you know, at best. Because the rest of the time, you just, you're, you're being a utility player, right? And 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 dealing with stuff that, that is far beyond your control. Yeah. So... That's the type of stuff that 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 surprised me the most, right? Like, thought I would have much more time to be a product manager, but it's like, no, I, you know, it's more HR and finance and you know, fundraising and sales and yeah, you know, like all that type of stuff. How are you sort of learning, like, the skill sets to stretch in those areas, or are you just kind of learning by doing? Learning by doing, man. Trial yeah. by fire. I mean, you can you can have, and and that's why it's important to have a community of people that you can go ask because it, you know, it helps shortcut some of the, 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 you know, upfront learnings that you have to do. But, but yeah, a lot of stuff is trial by fire. Yeah. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not, but you know, it's, 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 if you're in the right mindset, it's like, you will never make that mistake again. You know? Totally. How would you, so how would you compare like your enjoyment of maybe the co-founder CTO role to, to that of the CEO? Like let's say controlling for the compensation and upside and all that stuff. Like how, how did the job life compare? You just, the, the remit is so much more broad and expansive. Like at CTO, I'm just responsible for building, you know, and I'm responsible for hiring the technical team and I'm responsible. Like every once in a while I can be on the fundraising call and, you know, do my dog and that pony show and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's more internally focused. All right. And like being a CEO, like you gotta, you gotta really be internal, external all the way. Sorry. Right? Like, I mean, it's, it's a, a completely different world, but I think the benefit that I've had though, and, and the reason why, you know, me and my co-founder get along so well is that I've been in his shoes before. 
And so I'm blocking and tackling a lot for him. Right. And so I'm always asking like, Hey, is this something that you want to be on? Right. Is this something that, that you want to do? Is this something that, that you want to, um, uh, you know, tackle and all that type of stuff. So that's really the, 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 you know, the, the biggest difference. And I, and I think being on both sides of the fence is a, is an advantage. Like I am a technical co-founder, right. But now it's just like, yo, I'm focusing on different things. So, you know, it alleviates him having to do things like, oh, I need this report pulled or I need to make quick website updates and, you know, and all this type of stuff. Like, like for me, that feels like blocking attack. You know, it's like, you know, in the early days, it was like, yo, you know, Ali and I were jamming on, you know, our CLI, uh, you know, tools and, you know, I was doing the website and, you know, he was working on the back end and like all that type of stuff. And then I was also doing the fundraising, you know, product management, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I just did enough so that he just to focus on being the best technical person that he could be. And I feel like more founders need to, to need to do that. Right. It's like, you know, you can learn how to select star or something, right. Or, you know, like that type of stuff, but you don't always have, especially chat GPT now, like you don't always have to go bother your, your technical co-founder. Right. So, yeah, I mean, look, for me, it's, it's been a, like, I pride myself in making sure that my engineers and my team, especially technical counterparts, you know, they feel supported and they don't feel like they're getting randomized. Totally. Yeah, you try to keep them from context switching. If you need something like a data pool and you need to run some analysis on it, you can just handle it yourself so they can stay focused. So, I mean, we in our audience, we have, like, a ton of developers and technical people. And, and I think a lot of them probably aspire like, like you are doing to kind of start their own company. Um, so it would, it would be, it would be interesting for you to kind of walk through, like, what's your schedule look like, like today, like, in a, Oh God, <laughs> like, yeah. Depends on the day. Right. So Fridays are usually a little, little less, less crazy because it's just how we design the week. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, most of the days I try to have, you know, status meetings. I try not to do more than 90 minute blocks at a time where I'm meeting. Right. So I do 90 minute blocks and I have like an hour, 90 minutes in an hour. And then in the afternoon, I try to like have working time. Unfortunately, <laughs> that ends up not uh, always, you know, working out the best, especially on Mondays where it's like, you know, I got to meet with all of my direct reports and like that type of stuff. Um, and then, you know, once I get through the meeting days, it's like time for deep work. So it's time for things I got to think about and, you know, all of that type of stuff. And then if I'm, you know, basically doing founder-led sales, you got pretty much all day, every day where you're trying to, you know, talk to people and get get insights and get conversions and things like that, right? I mean, as a CEO, you, you got, uh, uh, you know, your duty is to keep your team resource, right, with people, money, and information. So, you know, you just kind of uh, use that as a filter for, for all of your meetings so you know you try to make the best of your time but yeah man it's it's someday like yeah easy 14 16 hours right like nothing you know uh you know try to take take time off to eat stretch and do stuff in between but that's you know sometimes it's not always feasible i mean that's the that's the thing where it's like the thing that people never talk about like publicly is is founder stamina right and and this 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 is this this is tough man it's like the toughest thing you know uh because look if you're working a bigger job uh at a uh, you know at a company there's always somebody else that can come pick this up you know 
That, yes, that's so true. No, I, talk talk a little bit more about founder stamina. What's that mean to you? I think founder stamina just means like just having the the mental fortitude to to weather out uh, or, or go through these long days. Yes, not get sick, not get COVID. Man, all types of stuff, man. And it's like, you know, just just weathering the ups and downs, and not get too, you know, excited about the the good times, and not get too low about the down times. Right? Like, you got to figure out what that with that equilibrium, that balance is, man. And and that's tough if you've never been in this space before, because it's like, oh man, we got a customer this week, and then next week it's like, oh man, this person, you know waltzed out on a on a deal right and it's like yo it's just that ebbs and flows it's like no, i mean it's so funny you mentioned like eating like this is one thing that me and uh one of my partners we always talk about like i i will forget to eat or just not be able to eat you know you yep. wake up like you start with a cup of coffee and then it's like 4 p.m before you have your first meal and you're like i promised myself this would never happen again and yet it's happening every day so i I haven't cracked the code on that. I don't know. I probably just have to have meals like given to me. So I force myself to eat. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I've tried everything, man. It's, it's, you know, uh, setting calendar invites or, you know, just having a third, like, like, you know, you, you try to do the best. You have the best of intentions, but look, man, at the end of the day, it's, it's like, I don't know if you, you feel this way, but like sometimes when you take time for yourself or you take time for things that are not related to the business, I start feeling guilty. You Same. know, it's like, you know, I could be doing X, Y, Z. I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Right. Like, you know, that's why I even eating, right. Or going to the gym or like, or like shit sleeping, you know, yes. it's like, yo, I try to get as much hours as possible, but you know, sometimes it's, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's just tough, man. And, and you have these narratives of like, oh man, you gotta, you know, you sleep when you're dead or you gotta grind and you know, all this stuff. And it's like, no, that's not the healthiest thing. Because the real reality of it is if you're not healthy, the business isn't going to be healthy either. I've definitely found that like I will feel guilty if I don't work such that if I'm stressed about something, even if I'm on like vacation or like I'm at a wedding or something, I still have to like pull out my laptop and just like do it. There's no, because that's going to make me feel less worse, even if I'm in a room and I just got to get it done. Uh, and I've sort of understood that about myself, you know, uh, but the one thing I have not figured, like, I figured out the sleep thing, which is I try to get as much sleep as possible. That is one thing. Like, I just established those bounds. But the eating in the gym, I'm probably not as good as that as I can be. That's for right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's just, you know, and the thing is, it's like, we got to we gotta talk about these things as founders, right? And, like, like, um, you know, there's not a lot of medium posts that talk about this stuff, you know, or like like think pieces that talk about this side of the business, man. It's 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 tough. It's really, yeah. really, really tough. Yeah, totally. But I think, you know, I take some solace in the fact that like Jeff Bezos didn't get jacked until he quit Amazon. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just did it. He just was like, I'm building this company and like later I'm gonna get jacked and it worked out for him. Now so we may be so lucky. But like, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that's just the reality that we have to accept maybe about this life, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, we, we probably have to do a lot better, but, but at least like, like 
having the energy and the 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 physical health to tackle this problem like that's something that we have to to be better about but you know a lot of folks just don't talk about these things like you know uh, founders i know got covid multiple times and you know dealing with all types of health issues that pop up because of stress like you don't you don't understand what stress does to your body right like it's absolutely insane totally no i have like one of my best friends actually he's a software engineer for like a big company and you know he'll be in the middle of the day sending in like our signal chat he'll be like hey guys i'm gonna go get my car waxed anybody busy and it'll be like 11 a.m and i'm just like looking at this and i'm like <laughs> you know it's good living man it's a good living and what's funny is like i'm like if i didn't see that i probably wouldn't be as angry at like what like the the next 20 hours worth of work on a friday in my cycle like the rest of friday and then half of saturday that i have to do yeah. okay i don't even have time to eat like this man yep. is waxing his car right now so I mean, it highlights the importance of organizations like YPO and different like founding sort of, um, you know, communities, I think for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What are a couple of things that you wish or that you know now that you wish you knew starting your current company? Focus on distribution earlier. Okay. Like. The thing that 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 I am the best at in the world is building, but but and and focusing on product because that's just my wheelhouse. But like, definitely have to understand like how to sell the thing and distribute it, right? And and the earlier that you focus on that and 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 you know get clear signals, the better. Mm-hmm. And that even helps you in fundraising too, right? Because you know everybody's like, okay, cool, I get it. You know, I, I get how this product will solve the problem, but. How do you, you know, push this and to put this in the hands of people uh, cheaply and in mass? All right. Like if you can answer that earlier, I think that that's something that is, is, you know, focus on distribution is the thing, because that's really the, the advantage that, 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 you know, most successful companies have, right? Like they know exactly who they're selling to and how to get your wares into, into those, you know, people's heads. And there's just tactical stuff, right? Like I, I never use uh, gusto or rippling. Right. Because, you know, like always choose a PEO because it's just hours of, of time that, that you won't get back. Like, I don't know how to fill out this random ass tax form in Florida. Right. Like, you do that for me, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this is what I'm paying you for. Right. Like, yes, I might be able to go uh, read instructions on how to do it, but it's like, is that the best usage of my time? You know? Yeah. Um, absolutely not. Uh, the other thing is, uh, make sure that, you know, as you raise money in subsequent uh, round, put them in different uh, bank accounts, as we have all seen uh, with the, the SVB and the FRB collapse and like all that type of stuff. You need to, to understand cash management and treasure, you know, and it's like design your 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 cash uh, uh, kind of withdrawals or, you know, kind of cash story based off of where you're at as a company. So if you raise seed, you know, you want to throw it in, you know, in the Mercury account or whatever it is, because it's like, all right, well, cool. I, I, I can, you know, resource it well, you know, hire against this, use these kind of things, like having a budget, you know, earlier on, you know, not just spending like crazy just because you can. It's like, no, like I know how, who I'm going to hire and how much money I need to have for them. Right. Like, you know, whatever employees that you have, just add 
15% to their salary because it's just, you know, whatever it is, right? And model that out. And then that way you just take the extra cash and you move it over into a treasury account, right? And so, you know, having a, a you know, big brick and mortar bank that, you know, is never going to go anywhere. And then like one of these startup banks, like just use that, right? And like, like you know, that's the type of stuff, like being good about cash management, uh, I think was, you know, we did it early, uh, but and so we were able to kind of, kind of mitigate against all of that stuff. But man, it was, it was, you know, those are the types of things that you learn. So choose a PEO, uh, and, you know, worry about, you know, figure out the cash management strategy. So the other part of that is like, look, you can actually make money while it's just sitting there, you know? Yes. And, and if you get one of these high yield accounts from some of these places, like, you know, thing, things are, things are okay. Always ask for discounts and, and deferrals. Like you don't have to pay your bills on time. Always do net 30. Uh, and then for all of your vendors, right? Like, especially legal and all that type of stuff, right? Just ask for deferrals, you know, and 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 that type of thing. I also say, like, if you know that this is going to be a good business, how do you have a lawyer or a hey. thing, that, thing that we've kind of screwed up on is, like, we use one of those, like, SaaS, start your business uh, kind of things. Yes. Uh, it was, like, clerky or savvy or one of those things, right? And it's, like, you know, you press it, you fill out a couple forms and they do everything. Like when we had to get our funding, they had to redo all of that stuff and, and all of that. And it's like, yo, I wasted my deferral dollars, you know, basically get my, my company formation stuff all in, in order so that we can have, you know, raise funds, right? Like, yeah, just, just hire a lawyer early and they'll most likely defer and discount your, your, your fees, you know, just doing corporate, uh, you know, company formation stuff. So what's like your heuristics to determine if a lawyer is worth hiring or not <laughs> well, for, for a lawyer? Uh, <laughs> I mean, have they done it before? Uh, and this, again, this is, this is also stuff that, that you can talk with other founders, right? Like founders that give you the real about anybody and everything. Yeah. You know, if, if you ask the other founder, who do you use? Do you like them? Have you had, you know, here's what I'm thinking about. And, the other thing about lawyers and even bankers and like all those stuff, it like it's, it's down to the person. Yes. And so you might have a different experience. Like, Oh, I go with this big law firm. I might have a bad experience with this particular partner, but you know, there's other partners at that firm. Same thing goes oh. with VC too, right? Like, like yeah, you know, uh, people have had crappy experiences with this VC partner, but yo, there's, this is a great firm. So there's other partners that you can deal with, you know? Totally. What's what's been the experience like in raising money? Has your background, race, do you feel like that has affected anything in the venture capital space? No. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure, sure, at some point it did, but like I don't really feel it because you know I've I've had pretty pretty good success in raising funds. Right, it's not taken me very long to do that, um, but it's because I I, I understand the 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 you know the economics of of vc right like i understand what they're trying to optimize for and for me it's like well let me just change my pitch to match that right right which is yo you give me two to three million bucks in five to seven years here's the plan for me to give you over a billion back right you know smart people will be like first is it legal second (laughs) Secondly, people would be like, oh, tell me more. And this is, gets back to my point about like, yo, you need to understand distribution, right? Or earlier on. 
it's not about the product, right? Like, you know, it's not one of those things to be built that they'll come. You know, that's one and once in a blue moon for most people. But the people who understand distribution and, and their, you know, ICPs and personas, they can plot out a plan that's like, okay, well, here's how we're going to get the the first 10 to 20 million. This is how we're going to get, no, first million. Here's how we're going to get the 10 million. Here's how we're going to get 100 million, all right? And here are the resources that we need. Like, here at Ball Block. And, like, if you can do that and you can convince somebody that says, yeah, this plan is possible, then it's like, holy shit, this is basically what VCs want to hear, all right? And so you just work backwards from that. And, like, that's really what I've done. The other thing that's helped me is that I understood founder market fit, right? And, like, you know, the things that, that you realize that that all these other industries, the VC is just a bank, right? They're just an insurance company and a bank and all this other stuff. All they're trying to do is mitigate risk so they can have maximal, maximal returns, right? And every aspect of who you are as a founder and who you are as a business person, who you are as a company, right? Like, it has to talk to mitigating risk. And one of those things is I don't start companies outside of, you know, what my, my expertise is, you know? Totally. Because now... I can point to you and say, yo, I've done the thing that I'm starting. So give me money because like, I can tell you that if you give me two to five million bucks, here's how we're going to get up more than a billion back in five to seven years. And it was like, oh yeah, I believe you. Yeah, this makes sense. You know? Totally. I heard this on a podcast and I feel like it's true. You know, if you look at like the way like these VC deals are done and like the preferred equity is basically just debt that comes due in like a decade. Uh, right. It's just, it's debt that they'll give you without a personal guarantee. That's like, cool. This seems like a sick business and you got a hundred exit. Like, let's go. Like, where do you think your career is going? Like, do you, do you want to kind of build this company out over the next decade or so? And when you have that big win, what do you do next? Will you start another company? Will you run this company until you retire? Like, have you thought about any of this? Yeah. I mean, we definitely want this to be a legacy company, but I mean, I'll tell myself, man, I'm trying to retire about 45. Okay. Like, like, I'm, I'm, I'll go, go do something else at that point, man. Go back to school, go be a professor, go do something else. Like, like, I, yeah, man, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to do this forever. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I do believe that, that this can be a legacy company. Um, but for me, it's just like, like we, you know, I don't, I want to, um, you know, uh, broaden my impact right outside of B2B SaaS. And a lot of that, it is community uh, driven stuff. Um, and so for me, you know, uh, uh, the credibility that I get as a founder who had success lends to me having more impact on that lens. And that gives me the ability to go do that more in more impactful ways, you know, kind of more full time to, 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 you know, galvanize resources and interests to help solve some systemic issues. All right. Like that's the thing that I want to do um, and, and how that takes shape. Uh, is going to be uh, uh, a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's that's really what the what the ultimate goal is. And may I start another company? Sure, but I don't necessarily. It'll be. I mean, every company is a tech company, right? But it won't be like a VC backed company. It might not be a VC backed company. I shouldn't say won't. It might not be VC backed. You know, it'll just basically be, you know, something that's probably a little bit more sustainable, right? Like like a gym or like a spa or like a restaurant, and you can. Yeah, well, not never a restaurant, but but the thing is, is like like for me, uh, you know, training programs that that get people right. into like I can start a company and then like have you know bring people off the street, give them the ability to train and give them living wages and all that type of stuff, so they can start building their pathway. So if I do start a company, 
it'll be along those lines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So, okay. So what's, what's next for your company? What do you got going on in the next 12 months? Building out the, the enterprise rhythm, like all of 99% of our business is in, in government today. And so, you know, we want to make sure that, that we're, we're building out uh, our enterprise revenue and enterprise verticals and things. That's the, the, the biggest thing for me and the company uh, next. Uh, and then also too, you know, expanding into, to, to less technical verticals, you know, giving yeah. people, the ability to build applications, uh, uh, you know, from a visual standpoint, but I have to learn how to code. I mean, we can take advantage of a lot of the AI stuff and those types of things and, and give people the ability to, you know, excuse me, get, get, get insights on data and, and all that type of stuff and build applications with that data. And like, now that's the type of stuff that I'm thinking about is, you know, real time data is, should be a utility for any organization, right? right? I should be able to, to get information to help me make decisions in the moment when I need to, without having to go, always go ask my engineer to, to, to build something for me to go do that, right? And if right. we can be the the you know the ushers that era it in, I think that that's something that would be super powerful. That's awesome, Devaris, dude. It's it's super inspiring to talk to you and to like. I appreciate I can, it, man. Yeah, man. I can feel the energy like for your mission and the company like coming from the screen. So uh, I think I think folks that are listening or watching will sort of feel the same where can people find you and your company on the interwebs yeah moroxa.com easiest place to do it uh, i'm on linkedin uh you know you can find me there i'm not like the linkedin influencer yet so uh you know you won't you won't you won't see me like 10 different like yo funny enough i tried to like put out a post because i you know sometimes like you just feel certain things and you're just like yo i just want to put something out there and I got I got put on Reddit like like CEO assholes, and you can tell, man, I'm not an asshole. But the genesis of it was like, like, all right, so me, me and you are homies, right? You come to me and you're like, yo, uh, can you help me with this this work related thing? Totally. And like, let's say it comes up, you know, you you end up spreading out on it. You get a bag from it. Yep. yep. Me, I just said like, look, yo, uh. If, if, if I gave you some information that helped out or you gave me some information that helped me out financially, I'm going to give you a little bit of money for that. Even if we're friends, totally. it's just like, yo, totally. ask their well, homie for, for, for a W-2 so you can, because it's not like, like, oh, help me move, right? Or I could give you some beer and pizza for that. Yeah. It's like, no, I asked you for some work-related stuff. And I'm saying like, yo, I want to pay you because you helped me. And they said I was an asshole. And they were like, oh, why would you why would you charge your friends for and I'm like, y'all, clearly reading comprehension is not part of the internet, right? Like it was the most insane thing ever. And but fortunately for me, I had a whole bunch of friends that were like, yo, DeVars is like one of the most like the thing that I do is that, you know, I have, you know, friends in every industry and like every every bit of uh, you know, specialties and expertise. And if I ask them, I just like, yo, what's your, what's your consultant rate? Right. I'll pay you for your time because the other part of it is I need your expertise. Yes. And and I don't, I, don't, I and I need it in a certain amount of time. I don't need you to be like, oh, I get to it next week. Yes. Nah, bro. Or sis, let me get this right now. Yeah. Do it like, like an official business. So you know how serious it is. Right. Like, I don't understand what paying people for their time makes me a CEO asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, that's, I was that was the wildest thing, man. So I, I appreciate you saying that. I'm like, oh man, we just got we got to start normalizing like 
you know, valuing people for their expertise, you know? hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Normalize like capitalism and, and free. Yeah. Yes. I'll, yeah. That's crazy. Well, Reddit is like, I mean, Reddit is like an echo chamber of people like, you know, I think, so it's funny, any topic on Reddit, every people criticize it. It could be like the sickest car, a bike, a UFC fighter. I mean, even you go to the Joe Rogan like subreddit and people are shitting on Joe Rogan just as an example, but they're in the Joe Rogan subreddit. So you're just like, why are you listening to this man's shit? It's you don't have to. And then commenting exactly like, oh, this guy's an asshole. He's, you know, this, this, this. You're like, okay, that's an interesting use of time. So that is, but yeah, yeah you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> that was the, the put all of that. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I used to be on, on Twitter now, uh, formerly known as Twitter, but at, you know, like that type of stuff. But, yes. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those online guys, man. So, so, but LinkedIn is where I'm at. Uh, but the main thing is Maroxa.com. If you go there, uh, you can learn all of the things you need to know about real time. Dude, the internet would benefit from you being more of a internet person. So hear that. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I yeah. appreciate it. That was the other reason why I'm not. I'm like, you know, I don't really have anything to add to the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's a, that's a thing. Of course you do, but I definitely feel the same way. I mean, I feel the same way every time I log into this to like do a podcast. I'm like, this is the fucking internet need another fucking fast oh this talking shit like i really i don't know but then like even if there's like five people who are like ah that was sick like i appreciated that you asked that question that was a cool answer that was valuable to me that's like okay that's like an hour well spent like that's good yeah oh so yeah i I appreciate that man yeah appreciate that perspective for sure all right man well thank you so much dude no problem thank you for the for the time and opportunity Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io. We drop two episodes per week, so if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at the Frontier Pod, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.